Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Once Upon a Fan podcast. I am your host, Zach Van Norman, and I am joined by the other host of our show, Amy Hood. Hello, Amy Darling. Hello, darling. How are you? Doing fabulous. How are you? Uh, I'd be so much better if I could remember my correct password to get into the chat room. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's going on in Seattle today? Um, not a whole lot except for Photoshop class. Woo-hoo. So yeah, very yeah. excited. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, very excited to talk about the uh, the episode where we went to Kansas. Though it was kind of a fun trip that we had this week on Once Upon a Time and very happy that we'll be able to uh, finally discuss the details, because I know personally I've been looking forward to this episode for uh, quite a while. Actually, I think since they announced the episode title that it was called Kansas. So, uh, yeah, Me really too. Still- <laughs> I've gotten so many messages, people already wanting to know what we thought about the show, because everybody knew how excited we were to get into the Oz stuff, and just, I was like, oh, we'll talk about it on the podcast. Yay! And I got my password, so yay! <laughs> I'm back in. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's go into our uh, our news roundup, and we can uh, get rolling on with the show here. So the first thing that we uh, are going to be talking about today is that the season finale is next week. Um and I can't believe that it's already the season finale time. I've said that before on previous episodes of the podcast, but it still is crazy to me that season three is now at an end and that season four is where we're about to be going to. So kind of crazy. I can't believe it either. And I know we've said that a couple of times, but it just seems so strange. I almost feel like we just came off that mid-season hiatus and now we're already – now I'm thankful – so at least we get, you know, a big chunk of Once Upon a Time to hold us next week. But I cannot believe it's already the end of the season. Crazy. Very crazy. Yeah. It's, and very exciting, too, because the promo for the, for the finale next week is absolutely insane. So, yeah. Um, also, too, before we keep going on with the show, I want to give our usual um, uh, uh Notification, heads up, reminder, everything for everybody is at the chat room. Might take a couple of refreshes before you're able to join us, but it is open. I see that we've got a couple of people in there. I'm going to say hi to Sarah Benedict, Rose Mason, Katie Shell, and Angie, Angie Bell. So uh, nice to see all of you ladies there in the chat room. Hopefully Peter Pizza will be joining us too. Looking forward to seeing him. Uh, there, oh, there he is. Just as I said that. Hey, Peter Pizza. All right. So, um, as far as the you know the season finale goes, you know the summertime is going to be really really packed full of news. Um, you know we've got a lot of conventions that are coming up. Uh, you know lots of coverage, and we're going to have uh, Once Upon a Fan staff members at a lot of those conventions too. So uh, we're very excited to be bringing you all the latest news this summer. Uh, as far as here on the podcast, we're going to be doing obviously we'll be you know discussing those 
conventions with you. But we'll also be doing another um, episode rewatch. Uh, we want to keep hearing from you guys as far as what episodes you might want us to take a look at and discuss. Um, we have had a couple of requests, but we want to keep it going for another week to make sure everybody has enough time. And then next week on our show, we'll be announcing um, which episodes we'll be watching, what the schedule is going to be, and everything like that. Um, as far as the conventions go, there are a few of them coming up, and the first one is in May, and I know that Amy is excited for that for some pretty good reasons. Yes, actually the first one, again, is SpookyCon, or Spooky Empire Mayhem, I should say, is the full name. I know a lot of people are going, and we just sent out a promoted post on Facebook to let everybody know that didn't already know about it. On their website, they have all of the pricing for photo ops. They have the info on the schedule. And it looks like the Saturday and Sunday of the weekend are going to be jam-packed with stuff. So make sure if you guys are going that you take a look at that schedule at SpookyEmpire.com. I did just want to mention, because I've had a ton of messages asking me about autograph prices, which is not on the list. Um, a lot of times conventions don't get that information ahead of time because that's not something that they set or like a photographer sets. That's something that is specific to the celebrity and their management. So oftentimes they don't even know ahead of time how much those things are going to cost. So that information is probably not going to be posted on that schedule. But definitely take a look at it. Make your plans so you don't miss any of the Once Upon a Time events. And there's a ton of other stuff going on. And there's also a tattoo room there going on, which Zach and I are going to mention a little bit about that in a little while. But very excited for SpookyCon. And the next convention, which, I mean, dream trip, is in Paris. So, Zach, which of our staff members are traveling over to Paris for that one? We've got our editor-in-chief, Gareth Hughes, as well as our beta editor and one of our Origins authors, Therese Martin, um, attending for Once Upon a Fan and bringing you all the coverage there. And I expect that we'll be seeing lots of pictures um, with them and some of the cast members as well. So pretty excited for, for that. Um, very, yeah, because, I mean, Gareth himself, he lives over in London, and then Teresa is down south. And so they're both traveling to Paris for the convention. So... Yeah, along with some with some of the stars. Yeah, it's going to be really fun for them. I can't imagine because I, I would love to go to Paris, period, just to go. Um, having the opportunity to, you know, go to a Once Upon a Fan, like a convention with Once Upon a Fan, or Once Upon a Fan staff members and Once Upon a Time cast members, there we go, because I can speak today, would be really, really, you know, fun. So pretty excited. <laughs> Definitely. And oh, then the after... The other is back. Oh, back. So exciting. Yeah. In July, let's see, this year of San Diego Comic-Con is July 24th through the 27th. Um, that's the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday dates there, third week in July. And I'll be attending once again for Once Upon a Fan to cover the press from there and, you know, get some stuff for season four and, you know, find out some answers there. And also, you know, maybe hopefully you talk to the, the uh, cast about, you know, season three and Neverland and Oz and, you know, how everything went. Um, I did go last year, and we kind of talked about Neverland and what was going to happen in Season 3. So I'm excited to be able to go back and, you know, talk to the cast now that it's over um, and then also be able to talk to them about Season 4. So I'll be bringing everybody all the latest news on that, too. Um, I'm wondering if I'll run into anybody randomly in the street this year. Somehow I doubt it, but, yeah. Uh-huh, you never last know. Year. Yeah, last year, for anybody who doesn't know, I randomly 
bumped into Robert Carlyle in the streets of San Diego outside of the convention center. He was just walking around with his family. And I noticed a man walking, like, maybe 50 feet in front of me. Like, from, you know, he's obviously in front, so I just saw the back of his head. And I'm thinking to myself, God, that guy's hair looks just like Robert Carlyle's, like, really a lot. I wonder if he knows that he looks like he has Robert Carlyle's hair. And then I said, well, shoot, I wonder if that is Robert Carlyle. And then he turned his head, and it was really him. And I was just like, there are no words. Like, and then, you know, walking up to him and telling him who I was and taking the picture with him, like, I was literally shaking like a leaf, like, I really was, because I couldn't believe that he was there. And then, you know, he walked away and was very, very nice and took a picture with me and everything, and then he walked away. And I just, like, died right there on the sidewalk, seriously. So I, I, I just kind of, <laughs> I was seriously, like, I was literally speechless. My mouth was moving up and down, and there, there was just nothing. There was nothing. Nothing was happening at all. So um, it was just a crazy experience. So, yeah, I'm excited to bring that to you guys this year. Um, you know, I don't know, something similar maybe. And then also during the summer, we have a few survival lists that we'll, be, uh, that we'll be bringing you guys, you know, ways that you can kind of survive the hiatus and, you know, make the summertime not be as bad without having our favorite show around. Um, yeah, so we'll be bringing you those over the summer too. And they are going to be kind of parodies. They're not going to be, you know, obviously we're not really telling people to do some of these things. But some of them are perfectly safe and you can do them, so... Yeah, it's not a big problem there. I mean, I'm, I don't expect anybody to go out and slay a giant on their first try. Obviously, you're going to have to practice there. So, you know. I am um, so excited about this series of articles. This is what we were hinting at last week, and I wanted to, to we wanted to tell you guys about them. I cannot wait. So basically, I mean, that kind of told you the gist of it. All throughout the hiatus, we're going to be publishing a series of articles, and every article is going to be from a different character's point of view, like a list of ideas of things you can do to survive the hiatus. What we would love for you guys to do is take these lists, and like Zach said, don't actually go out and slay anyone or anything, but if you can come up with a creative way to, like, represent, you know, that you've done some of the things on the list or something, like, if Regina, if a creative thing on her list that she thinks you could use to survive the hiatus is to fillet the witch. If you, I don't know, cut a piece of your fish into a witch shape or something, you know, just something really creative and send us the pictures. We're going to keep posting those throughout the summer. I can't wait to see what everybody does with these lists, and I can't wait to start writing them because we have so many ideas bouncing through our heads for what each different character would say on how to survive the hiatus. I'm so excited about this series. Yeah, me too. It's going to be really, really fun, really exciting. And, well, I don't know. Well, it's going to be exciting in that the fan community is going to be involved. That's the excitement factor that I'm looking forward to. Because I do want to, like you, I want to see what everybody else is going to be doing with these things um, and Mm -hmm. see the different creative ways that people kind of, you know, interpret them. So, um, we, I also have another idea for something, Amy, too, that I'll have to talk to you about um, later on after the show is over maybe. But I had another idea for something um, involving cosplay, so I want to talk to you about that later because ah, I know that we yeah. have a lot, of, a lot of fans of cosplay out there, including myself. So, yeah, we'll, um, we'll be talking to you guys more about that. And, again, just want to remind everybody, please let us know either in the chat room, on our Facebook page, on Twitter, or at our email address, which is O-U-A-F as in fan, podcast at gmail.com. You know, any of the episodes in season one or two that you want us, you know, to kind of watch and just kind of do a look back on, let us know what they are so that we can do that. Um, Obviously, with season four, you know, we don't know when the premiere date is going to be, so we don't really know how many episodes that we're going to get to. But the good news is that we are going to get to go back to previous seasons and really 
kind of get in depth on you know some of the other ones that we missed during the uh, the winter hiatus since we only got to watch about ten episodes there. Um, yeah, Sarah, I see you in the chat room there. Uh, we will post a list of the rewatches that we have already done so that we don't uh, do any repeats. Um, and, yeah, I want to make sure that we include, you know, episodes like The Miller's Daughter and um, True North and a few other ones that I think were really, really important to the show for various okay. reasons. And, you know, um, Katie made a really good point in the chat room, too. She said also uh, wherever the end of the finale next week kind of ends up going and the direction it takes, that might kind of influence, too, choose. So, that I mean, I think that's a good point, too. So there's a lot of things to look at as far as picking episodes and going through the rewatch. So there's so much to to look at for the summer. Oh, so excited. Yeah, it's definitely going to work out. So very excited. We're going to be, uh, we have a lot of material that we could cover too. I mean, just, I mean, we could, there's enough time in between, you know, probably the two seasons that we could probably go through and watch an entire season's worth of episodes every week, actually. Uh-huh. Um or, you know, especially if we do any two-parters like we did last time. So, yeah, but let us know. Um, and you're, Katie is definitely right about that, too. We will, um, you know, wherever they end up going for season four, we'll definitely take a look at some episodes and see, you know, where some hints may have come from on that. Uh, let me see here. So on to the next news item. I'm not sure how much more news that we've got here, actually. Um, Sarah actually asked about your tattoo. Apparently, I guess she doesn't have Twitter, so she wasn't able to see that picture that you posted. Can you post that on Facebook? Yeah. And can we can yeah. we talk about the uh, the the upcoming article? Yeah, Amy. Well, uh, I'm gonna actually every, everybody. If you're listening to the podcast, I am going to post the picture of my tattoo on there right now. Sarah, I did post it on Twitter, but as you just said, not everybody necessarily has Twitter, right? I want to make sure everybody sees it. So I'm going to post it right now on our Facebook page. So give me just a moment here. And in the meantime, while I'm doing that, Amy, why don't you go ahead and tell them about our article. Okay. Well, we actually, I started talking to Zach about this today because of the fact that at SpookyCon, in addition to the vendor room, they're actually going to have, it's an artist alley, but it's not an artist alley like you see at a normal con. It's a tattoo artist alley, and you can actually go online to Spooky's website and click through and make an appointment to get your tattoos done at this event. And they're all very reputable. They're all licensed. They've all gone through a very long process to get approved to be at Spooky. Well, I have been wanting and been kind of inspired by that once upon a time tattoo to get something small of my own that kind of symbolized the show to me or, or just something fairy tale. So I went through the artist. I found one who's actually close to me where I live, and I'm going before SpookyCon, and I'm getting a tattoo. Um, I, what Zach and I want to do, since we will both have fairy tales slash once upon a time tattoos, is we're going to work on an article, and we'd love to see other people's once upon a time inspired tattoo art. So we're going to kind of have our experiences and then try and kind of talk to people and get their experiences. And if, if you guys have photos or know people that have once tattoos, send us the photos because there's so much. We were always talking about how much we love fan art and how 
some of the most of the fan art is some of the most amazing things, and some of the tattoos are as well. I've seen some absolutely gorgeous pieces. So definitely, if you guys have pictures, send them to us. Or if you have your own tattoos that you'd like to share, whether they're once upon a time or just sort of fairy tale themed or whimsical, then send us those on Facebook or on Twitter. We would love to see them. And I'll post a picture of mine when it's done. Mine's Mine's a little bit, it has a hint of Once Upon a Time and a hint of fairy tale. I've already picked it out, and I'm actually going to go down there and talk to the artist tomorrow. Little does my husband know. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Yeah, I will just, I will say that my, I mean, I want to say this too really quick first. You don't necessarily have to have a Once Upon a Time tattoo in order to send us a picture. We want to see right. your guys' interpretation of your own Once Upon a Time tattoo. Like, if you were to get one, what would it look like? Or uh-huh. even if you weren't necessarily going to get one, you know, if you're an artist, draw one up for us and let us know what, you know, what you would want it to look like uh, for other people. Like, what, what do you think a Evil Queen tattoo would look like? Or what do you think a Prince Charming tattoo would look like? Or, mm-hmm. you know, Captain Hook or Neil or Emma Swan. Or Emma Swan, and they can be simple or elaborate, either either one. Because honestly, this will probably not be the last once piece that I get. Um, I am kind of looking for later down the road to get a second once piece. So I'll I'll personally be looking for inspiration from you guys. So even if you're not, you know, tattooed on your own skin, if you can draw things up and whether they're simple and small or big and just out there, definitely submit it to us. Yeah, I definitely want to see what other people have to say about it. Um, Let me see. Well, Sarah, I see that you're not seeing the picture, but I don't know why, because I actually posted it on May 1st and forgot about that. So it is up there. Um, It's on the Once Upon a a Fan podcast Facebook page. So make sure that you're on the right one there in order to see it. Um, But it is there. So, um, yeah, my tattoo, like, it was, I, you know, it, I chose it for very specific reasons, actually. So, um, yeah, I think I might wait to talk. Well, yeah, I'll talk about my tattoo more when we actually get the article together. So, yeah, cause there, are, there, are personal, there are very specific reasons why I chose what I chose, and they actually represent different things, like not just the characters, but they actually, there's something to them. So, yeah. All right, on that note, let's dig on into this episode because I am so ready to talk about this. All right, so the first thing that happened, um, and as usual, um, I know, Sarah, you like us to go chronologically throughout the episode, but for now we're going to stick to doing one storyline at a time. So we're going to do um, the flashback. Actually, wait, excuse me. We're going to do, well, yeah. Should we do the flashback first or should we do the present day one first? However you want to do it, babe. They started in the present, and then it went almost immediately into Yeah, normally I've been picking it based on where they start the show at. So, actually, you know what? I do want to start with the flashback because the stuff that – no, let's no, no, let's start with the present-day stuff. Okay, sorry. All right, enough wishy-washy. All right, so at the beginning of the episode, of course, coming off of the end of the previous episode, Snow White is in labor with the baby. The baby is finally coming. Yay! Finally, it's time. <laughs> I think this may be one of the most anticipated television births of, you know, the shows that I've ever watched. Like, if any show I've cared about, this is probably, like, you know, up there with Rachel from Friends. Um, And just by that, I'm probably dating myself. But, yeah, so 
Um, Snow White is going into, she's going into labor, and they're getting her into the hospital through the wheelchair and everything like that, and Dr. Whale is showing up and everything like that. And in the meantime, Rumpel is in his cage, and he's spitting gold. And while Snow is getting, you know, worked into, you know, like the, her maternity room or, you know, wherever she was, I guess, like the maternity ward, because we all know Dr. Whale is working in every department in that hospital. So, <laughs> the jack um, of every trade. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, um, Zelina, she turns the pile of gold, you know, gold that Rumpel has spun into like a golden brain which I thought was, like, kind of interesting because it gives a different meaning to exactly what the gold is after he spins it. Like, right. like are those his thoughts and memories, kind of? Like, it was an interesting thing, and I really liked how they played it out. So it was pretty nifty. I did, too, because they always said, you know, he said in the past that he spins because it clears his mind. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this kind of took a literal turn on that. It cleared his mind, and she took his his you know, wisdom or whatever he was able to clear from his thoughts and use it as a piece of her spell, which I thought was really clever. Yeah. So, um, let me see. Yeah, we're seeing in the chat room, everybody is liking it. So, um, and then immediately after that, Zelina and Rumpel are in her her barn, I guess, her big old warehouse place (laughs) that she needs to... um, and they're creating an equal arm cross to prepare for Snow White's baby, and it's got four different points, and there are circles in it, and you know it's it's very you know it looks very spiritual, and yeah, it looks kind of, it looks like a magical kind of symbol. So I thought that that was pretty cool. Kind of, I did yeah, too. Somebody said Especially it looked Asgardian. <laughs> it did look very Asgardian, and then at the end when it finally you know came into play and everything, it was I thought that was a really cool scene too at the end of that whole thing. So in the meantime. Um, while that's going on at the farmhouse, back at the hospital, Emma and Regina are creating a protection spell around the maternity ward in the hospital to keep out Zelina. And Hook and Emma are talking, and, you know, she basically is insisting on facing Zelina alone, and she goes to do that. But then Charming stops her, and he insists that she take Hook with her. And she said one of the funnier lines of the night, in my opinion, she said, what is he going to do? I have magic. He has one hand. Um, it's true. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm just saying, it's true. He does have one hand. So then um, Emma leaves Henry with Regina so that she can go face Zelina, which I thought was really kind of interesting. Like, their scene and, like, how it was just one parent handoff to another and there wasn't really any drama anymore. You know what I mean? Like, their relationship relationship so far. Yeah. So far. And then, um, yeah. and then over in the uh, in the waiting room, Henry and Archie. And I was stoked that we saw Archie because we, you know, I love Raphael. He was so nice to us at Enchanticon when we met him. So uh, we, yeah. were, I was very happy to see that that Archie was in this episode, even for just a moment, because it makes sense for him to be, you know, it makes sense for him to be in this episode because this episode really, kind of like with you know the rest of the of the season, has been playing to previous seasons of the show and it's and since he had a whole thing with henry and he was there in the pilot and he was actually the first storybook resident that emma met um i think that it's pretty you know significant that he was there i just like that he was there so uh, they're talking about apartments anyway the main point is that they're talking about apartments and you know archie questions whether or not henry has talked to emma about his apartment search 
And Henry says, what's there to talk about? We're home. And so that tells you right there basically how Henry feels about the whole thing. He doesn't want to go back to New York, even though he had a good life there. You know, he wants to be in Storybrooke with everybody else, with his family and, you know, the people that he cares about. So, you know, it's right. kind of an interesting contrast to, to Emma's feelings as it played out over the episode. I think so, too. And I'm honestly, I'm not liking Emma's attitude about wanting to leave so badly. I mean, he's got his memories back now, and I don't know. I just, I'll, I'll say this. I think this is the unpopular opinion, but, and you might be surprised to hear this too, because I know we had a few issues uh, that we discussed about the show. This was actually my favorite episode of the season so far. And I think that's because of, I was waiting so much for the Oz and the Dorothy, and I really wanted them to do well with it, and I thought that part was really fantastic. The issues that I had was with some of Emma's choices in this episode. So I'm really, I'm not liking that she's, you know, in a rush to get out, you know, and uh, and go back to New York. Yeah, I'm not liking that either, and, and we can talk about that later on when she, at the end of the present-day storyline because she has a, she, what she says to Hook there I thought was really, you know, kind of interesting and made me actually question whether or not she was, she was uh, yeah, it just made me question something that she had said. So um, Hook and Emma, they go to Zelina's, and they talk about how Emma wants to leave Storybrooke because she, see, you know, Hook says that she wants to leave because she sees a happy future there and it scares her basically. And uh, and they're just and they're just outside in the yard talking about this. Okay, that's a really good place to have that conversation. I I, didn't, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then um, Zelina and Hook, you know, Rumple come out, and Zelina makes Rumple throw Hook into a watering trough, really poor swimming <laughs> pool. I don't I don't really know what it was. It was like a vat of water. Baby pool. And. <laughs> I mean, it's something. I mean, you know, and basically, you know, she makes a, she makes Rumple drown Hook. Okay. So Emma goes to you know try and pull him out, but obviously he's like enchanted into the water, so she can't like make him move or anything. But then Zelina and Rumple take off to go to the hospital to get you know the new baby, and so Emma is finally able to pull Hook out, and 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 what may be one of the most dumbest things she may have ever done. Um, Emma tries to give Hook CPR, CPR. And, and puts her lips on his mouth and loses her magic. Now, mind you, she could have used her magic to... Yank yes, him out of the pool? Yeah, I said most of us on purpose. She could have used her magic to take all the water out of the pool, and so he, like, would have stopped drowning. I mean, it would have been a great display of magic, but, you know, a great display of magic on, you know, her part, showing that, you know, she could do something major like that. So, right. Or God yeah, forbid, use that it. light magic and snatch the the necklace off the Zelina, since you know that's uh, what takes her power away. But don't do any of that, you know. Just just stand there exactly. and well, wait for the to get out. <laughs> Amy, I said that I said that to Amy privately. I said, why didn't Emma just enchant the water and throw it on the Wicked Witch of the West? Like, has she never seen a movie or read a book? Like, Emma, Emma, come on! Like, 
You're killing me, Smalls. Oh, my gosh. That so, was, like, my only issue with this episode because I was watching that whole scene play out. Now, the only justification I can think is maybe it would not have worked because of Rumpel being there and having the whole, you know, super powerful Alakazam, Dark One magic, whatever. But the whole scene I was watching, I'm like, why doesn't she use her magic? I was, my husband's like, I don't know. And I kept asking her. I'm like, why, did, why didn't she just drain the pool? Why didn't she blow the pool up? Why doesn't she go snatch Selena's neck? Like, she's like, would you shut up? I'm trying to watch this. So, they just showed Emma vanish, like basically vanishing something from one place to another. She was at the diner and she had her cup of hot cocoa with the cinnamon on top. And she poofed it from the countertop to the table. And then she poofed Hook's hook from his, ha- from, you know, his wrist to the mm-hmm. coat hanger. So <laughs> why did she not like take the next big step and poof the water right out of the tub? I I know why. It's because in the script she had to because she had to lose her magic for whatever reason that they're doing this for. But still, right. like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, because that, I mean, really, they say that true love is the most powerful magic of all, but that's a lie. The script is the most powerful magic of all. So that's, that's basically why she had to. Yeah. Well, you know, so, the other uh, thing that didn't make sense to me is why did they send the one person with Emma that could cause her her magic? Like, why not send a couple of Robin Hood knights or something along, you know? Somebody that can't yeah. kiss her and make her magic go away. Yeah, I am confused. I don't understand. Ah, uh, Marianne, um, yes. Uh, yeah, the Mar- <laughs> yeah, they could have sent anybody. They could have sent anybody. Like, what? What, what is Prince Thomas and Cinderella doing? Like, surely they could have assembled some boys together so that she could have had, like... <laughs> I know, right? They sent one person. They sent one person with one hand with the power to take away her magic. I swear to God. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand why it happened. So, meanwhile, Zelina, she arrives at the hospital and, like, very, very quickly takes care of Robin Hood, Belle, and Regina. Like, it's, it's not even an effort. She just walks in and they're done. Like, I mean, Belle did, you know, Belle did put up, like, a valiant effort and did, like, you know, try to stop her by talking, but I'm sorry. I just found that whole thing was just ridiculous because I'm like, if she's so wicked, why isn't she killing these people? Like, I, I, and again, I know why. It's because, she, you know, we need them later on, but right. still, I just thought it was lame. Like, I just thought it was kind of lame. So then, uh, meanwhile, Seth Rose says Emma has magic, but her brain hasn't acclimated to it yet. Yeah, okay, okay Rose, I'll, I'll accept. I accept. Maybe Emma has been. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, after, you know, Zelina arrives at the hospital, like, Snow, like, has the baby. She has a baby, and it's a boy, and it's very exciting. And then, like, seconds after she has the baby is when Zelina shows up and freezes them and takes the baby and disappears. And honestly, like, I really, like, that was kind of a, that was a really twisted scene, actually, I kind of thought. Like, that was kind of worse than, like, that was worse than what Regina did, because at least, like, that time Snow got to say goodbye, and it was, she was giving her up for her best chance. This one was just like, nope, I'm taking your baby. See you later. Like. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree, and Jenny killed that thing, that scene. Jenny was like just 
oh my god, she was heartbreaking in that scene, and that scene was terrible. What Zelina did, just you barely get the baby in your hands, and poof, you know, she took it away. I thought it was horrible, so sad. But it was a really strong scene for the show, though. I will say that I thought it was great. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was, and Jenny Goodwin totally killed it too with her acting. Like just yeah, that was. Yeah, that was so sad. Like, especially after, like, after she unfreezes and she's still got her arms, you know, like, up and she's, you know, looking down, realizing that he's gone. It was just, yeah, it was really, really sad. So, of course, you know, Daddy Charming, though, is not going to have that. He was, like, pissed immediately and tried to leave to go get the baby. But Hook and Emma show up and they explain that they couldn't stop Zelina, even though they tried. And, which, How? And then, you know, and they also say that Emma's magic, seriously, and then they talk about how Emma's magic was stolen. And Regina is like, well, great, you know, like, what are we going to do now? Like, there's no way to stop Zelina. But then Henry, of course, comes in, and I loved this scene. Can I just say I loved it? Henry tells Regina that she can use light magic to defeat Zelina. And Regina disagrees with him, but then Emma says that, no, she can do it. She does have light magic in her because true love's kiss is light magic, and she just used it to defeat the Wicked Witch. So there. And Regina says that she doesn't have her heart right now, but Henry says that he believes in her and knows that she has good within her. And then Robin Hood shows up, and he agrees with Henry. And then Henry says, once upon a time, you were a villain, Mom, but you changed. You're a hero now, and defeating bad guys is what heroes do. I believe in you. Now you need to believe, too. Oh, my good gravy. I loved it. So I'm so glad he still has the heart of the truest believer. Like, you know, yeah. he's, he got his memories back, and he's exactly the way we want him to be. He's, like, exactly the way Henry should be. He's been a, the strongest believer since the very beginning. So I loved it. I loved that scene. I thought it was so good. Me too, and it really, um, I it, like it really showed how far Regina has come, and then obviously the scenes later on did too, but uh-huh. it really just, you know, like the the journey that these characters have gone in is kind of just crazy, especially Regina. Like she's getting, I'm getting, I'm, I was obviously always an evil regal, but I'm getting to be uh-huh. more of one now because she's just what they're doing with her character. I'm I'm loving it. I love it a lot. So. Yeah, like Angie is saying in the chat room, Regina seems truly reformed now, and I agree. Um, it's a great, yeah, Sarah's saying is that she loves the parallel. It's a great parallel to love. So, yeah, it was, it's really good stuff. Um, back at the farm, Zelina and Rumpel arrive home, and, you know, they put the baby in the cross and begin the spell to open the time portal. And then Robin Hood, Regina, Charming, Emma, and Hook show up. And Rumpel throws everybody around while Regina confronts Zelina. And Zelina chokes Regina, basically, and lifts her off the ground and stuff. And Robin Hood is working his way around the edge so that he can grab, you know, Regina's heart. Well, he's successful, and he grabs Regina's heart. And Regina uses light magic to, like, blast Zelina back. And it's so cool, too. I love it because Zelina's, like, you know, like she's, she sees that Robin Hood has her heart. And she says, and she realizes that she's, you know, now she's in the clear that everything is good. And she puts her hands out, and it's, it was like, you know, it looked like diamonds almost were coming out of her hands, like that, you know, kind of white, crystally white magic. It looked pretty cool. And then, you know, she's, and then Selena's like, how? And Regina says, or, you know, or whatever. And Regina's like, or she's like, what are you doing? And Regina's like, changing. And then she blasts her back with the magic, and it was totally awesome. 
podcast, people. I, I felt like this was a really good payoff to the, you know, we've had the wicked versus evil hashtag going around for several weeks, and it's been building up between the two. I felt like this battle was really, really good. I loved the symbolism in the spell, and I know we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about the flashback and the witches and everything, but I felt like this scene between the two of them was really good. It was two really great actresses. I mean, Rebecca Matter and Lana Faria just absolutely killed the scene. I thought they were both fantastic. I mean, Rebecca seemed legitimately shocked that she didn't win, and you know, Lana seems you know in Regina's character, she was amazing. Uh, I actually, for for a change, I disagree with you about that scene. Um, I, I I know, right? And I am agreeing with. Um, I think it was Rose who just said it in the chat room. Uh, no, it was Sarah. Sarah said knocking her down and then she's done was kind of anticlimactic. Yes. Yes. I agree. There was this huge, powerful, big old situation, you know, going on. And, um, you know, there's been big displays of power between the two of them. Zelina has shown herself to be, I mean, she threw Regina through the clock tower for crying out loud. Like, right. she's done all these things that have clearly established her to be a very powerful person. And they just knocked her over. Like, <laughs> like I, and I understand shows have budgets, shows have schedules. I understand all of those things for, on the production side of it. I totally do. But, like, couldn't we have had something bigger? Like, something more, more personal maybe even. Like, I, I don't think that I would have minded the way that it happened if it had been in a more, like, in a smaller environment, like, more enclosed so that it would have made it feel more personal. The fact that it was in such a big open space, in like big old barn that was all of that space, it was conducive mm. to a large epic confrontation. And so when, it, when the space mm. wasn't used that way, I think maybe that's part of it for me. Because aesthetically, it just kind of set it off for me. Um, because mm. I feel like, yeah, like if, it, if the confrontation between sisters had been in a more intimate environment, way more personal and enclosed, like, like, for example, down in Zelina's storm cellar, okay, like playing on the whole Oz thing, if it had happened down there instead for whatever reason, I think that that would have worked just fine. I really do. Mm. Um, that's, that's just me. See, I feel like yeah. if it had been much more on Regina's part, it would have been because she was angry and she was acting out of, hate, and the whole way she was able to defeat Zelina was to be the better person and to, she was able to use light magic. I feel like if she had gone all full out power and evil queen that she wouldn't have been able to pull that light magic out. I feel like it would have been they wouldn't, there would be no defeat. You know, it would just be her and Zelina kind of battling it out again. But I loved, loved as much as I like that scene, I adored the line after that when Zelina asked her, so what, you're a hero now? And Regina said, today I am. I was like, damn, sticky she is today. Yes, I, was, I loved that line. And then I thought, 
You know what? She's right. Today she is because next week or next season, I know we're going to end up seeing her getting into some wicked business again. So I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah, it's funny that you say that, actually, because that line stood out to me for another reason, too. It made me wonder if, like, um, just because, like, the way that I interpreted that whole thing was just because she's a hero today doesn't mean that she will be one tomorrow or exactly. anything else. Like she's, she is still the evil queen somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, she may not kill anybody anymore, but Regina is not a woman to be messed with. And so... She's got all kinds of attitude and spunk. So, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah, I love that line, actually. I had wrote that down in my notes. Actually, too, that was, um, that was after Rumpel had tried to kill Zelina. And she had, yeah. and it was actually a really good exchange between the two, between uh, Rumpel and Regina. I loved it. Regina grabs the dagger and stops Rumpel from killing Zelina. And Rumpel is like, are you kidding me? And Regina says, good magic stopped her. And good magic doesn't exact vengeance. And Rumpel says that, you know, Zelina killed his son. And Regina says, how many lives have we taken trying to get what we want? And he mm. says, you can't be serious. And she says, I am. Heroes don't kill. And then that's when Zelina asks her, so you're a hero. She says, today I am. That, to me, her saying, how many lives have we taken, like, to get what we want, and her, like, mm-hmm. Regina, I feel at some point, is going to express regret for what she's done. Like, Serious, like, remorse, not just regret, but actual remorse. I think she's going right. to feel, like, I think she really will feel what she's done. Because, I mean, because think about this, right? Okay, let's just consider this. The scenes that we saw with Regina, like, I understand that maybe it happened off screen, but, uh-huh. like, Regina did not have her heart in at that point. <laughs> yeah. Like, her heart was in Robin Hood's hands, so I think that that's really, really interesting and i'm really interested to see how the whole evil thing is going to work out with her like you know her redemption art yeah you know like now how that's all going to work out and how it looks like the season is going to end and and is there a past between them that you know like a scene that we've that we haven't seen before because yeah anyways there's so much there's so much to talk about for next week oh Oh, my my gosh. gosh it looks insane okay so Especially because something that I said back in, I said it when we watched, uh, uh, oh gosh, The Tower, the third episode of the Oz storyline, season Mm -hmm. 3B, the third episode, when we did the podcast, I said something in that podcast that has now come to fruition on the show. So I'm glad that I called something here. Um, And then after that, Zelina and Regina, right after Zelina's been defeated, she's talking to her sister at the jail. And Regina tells Zelina that they're very much alike, and she acknowledges that. And didn't you love when she said that if she had killed Snow White, that she would not have her son Henry? She didn't call her Mary Margaret. She called her Snow White. Oh, my God, somebody finally did it. God, yes. I'm like, get rid of the the storybook names. Just call them. I've been waiting for them to just stick with Snow White, and I've said that a million times on this podcast. I've been waiting for them to just stick with, you know, Snow White, Grumpy, Charmy. Just stick with those names. Yeah, because you know what's ridiculous? Like, here's what's ridiculous, okay? In one of the recent episodes, it might have been last week, where they're having the war council and Regina is insulting Robin Hood, you know, at the beginning before they go to Rumpel's castle. Mm-hmm. When Grumpy comes in, Charming calls him Grumpy. 
He doesn't mm-hmm. call him Leroy. He calls him Grumpy. And I'm just like, just yeah. because you're in another realm doesn't mean your name changed. Like, I don't understand. Exactly. Oh, you know what? There's one more thing I want to point out about this barn scene. Now, aside from the fact that I absolutely loved it, they were quite careful this week not to slay the monkeys because they were like, oh, these monkeys are some of our friends. But weren't we just saying in last week's podcast, didn't they, like, fry a bunch of those monkeys last week, like, without any any concern? (laughs) They just awesome last week, and now they're like, oh, yeah, these are some of our friends. Maybe let's not fry the monkeys. So, yeah, I was like, we were watching it. I'm like, wait a minute. They just off the bunch last week. Did that was that a bad bunch? What what happened? So yeah, yeah, that, you know, that was well, the other yeah. thing. Well, you know, I mean, and I'm sure that the other reason why they didn't want to fry the monkeys is because monkey brains, though a popular you know cuisine in Cantonese, is not necessarily to be found in Storybrook, Maine. So you know, I'm sure they don't have a restaurant over there that serves it. So there is no <laughs> real reason for them to. There's no real reason for them to, to do that. And if anybody has ever seen the movie Clue, then you know where that, that line that I just said came from. That's like the yeah. strike there. All right. So uh, let me see. So then after that, after, oh, my God, yeah, she called her Snow White and acknowledges that she wouldn't be here today where she was happy if she hadn't not killed Snow White, like if mm. she had killed her. Yeah, anyway. So then she offers Zelina a second chance, but she warns her that she'll crush Zelina's heart if she steps out of line. And then Regina takes Zelina's necklace and puts it in the vault. Now, we have not discussed why the necklace is significant or not yet. However, I did also say on the very first episode of the podcast, coming back from the hiatus, when we watched New York City Serenade, or it might have been the next one after that, uh, which I, I don't know. But one of those two episodes, I said that Zelina's necklace was significant somehow. Do you remember, Amy? Mm-hmm. I totally said yes. something to that. Yes. Oh, I'm very I happy definitely remember. Yeah, I love that my theory came to pass on that one, too. So then um, she hides Zelina's necklace in her vault, and that's it. Well, the next thing that we see is Rumpel alone in his shop. And here's the first thing that stood out to me about that scene. He's looking at himself in the mirror. Rumpel always covers his mirrors. Always. Yes. And he's looking, yeah, he was looking. And you know what else it made me think of, too? Like, because of the whole him changing and redemption and thing, right? It made me think of the Michael Jackson song, Man in the Mirror. I'm talking to that man in the mirror. Like, seriously, that's that was what I thought of. Like, you know, the change starts with you, Rumpel. Like, you got to acknowledge some stuff, buddy. Like, come on now. Absolutely. So, so yeah, that was yeah, just that was my little thing. So, um, but what I love, what I thought was also interesting about that is that it's like he's finally like, you know, by him doing that, and then okay, so okay, wait, let's let's talk about what happened in the scene first and then the one after that with him and then we can talk about why I think the mirror thing is significant. So he's looking at himself yeah. in the mirror and Belle shows up. They reaffirm their love. Good scene. Uh-huh. Uh, they're talking about trust and she's got his dagger because Regina gave it to her to make amends <laughs> and all these other things. And, and so she gives him the dagger and he's saying that that represents trust and you know her belief in him and all that stuff. So then he gives her the dagger back so that she can hold it. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then, and what actually kind of 
surprised me, to be honest. I was not expecting this at all. Rumpelstiltskin asked Belle to marry him. Hmm. And I the Rumpel is Yes, my Twitter exploded with that proposal. Holy cow. Everybody and their brother suddenly, I couldn't even keep up with my Twitter. It was all about the Rumbell proposal. And I, I loved the scene. I thought the scene was really great. But the reason I loved it even more is because it made the next scene so much better. And I loved the next scene. Oh, I thought the next scene was like the best. Yeah, it was tragical, actually, the next scene, I thought. Huh. So right after that, Charming arrives at the hospital with his son now, and reunites him with Snow White. And it's uh, the fields, all of them. Because here's the thing. Here's what I was wondering. When Charming said, like, it's a boy, I wondered to myself, is this their way of telling the fans what they're having? Amy, what do you think? No, I... I had kind of hoped Ginny would have a girl because I'm dying to see, as much as Ginny loves Disney, like all the little princess costumes, but everybody and their brother has been saying that they think Ginny's having a boy. So I'm usually totally wrong with these things, but either way, I think it's going to be the cutest little bundle of squishy, squishy cuteness ever. So I don't know. Do you think it's going to be a boy? I think it would be so sweet to watch Josh Dallas walk around with a little buckaroo. Like, yeah, it would just be so cute. Like, like can you? Because like, can you imagine? Because Josh Dallas is classically trained in sword fighting and acting from the Royal Shakespearean, like you know, right. that mm. you know, okay, the company that I can't remember the full name of right now. So he's classically trained in you know from that company. And so, can you imagine like? Kind of like when he remember back in season two when he was teaching Henry how to sword fight. Right, he's be right, yeah. Like, yeah. He's going to be able to do that with his kid, like whether it's a boy or a girl. He's going to be able to teach his child That's cute. like yeah. how to sword fight. It's just going to be so cute. Like, and I know that they probably I know they probably never do this. I'm sure they probably never would. But if it were me, like. I would be, I mean, and this is just because this is the kind of person that I am. I would be, if I had a son, if I was Josh Dallas and Jennifer Goodwin and I had a baby boy, I would be, as soon as he was old enough to walk around and really, like, appreciate it, I would be buying that kid, like, a little miniature version of Charming's outfit and putting it on him for Halloween. (laughs) Dress him up every day in a different Disney costume. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It would just be too much, like... Like, yeah, it would just be too much. I'm telling you, like, I would go crazy because I'm just, yeah, I'm all about, like, yeah. But people say that's child abuse. I don't agree. I think it's just adorableness. All of the so, cute. Um, it's all of the cute. It's all of the cute, <laughs> yeah. So Emma, meanwhile, is watching her parents and, you know, have their moment with her new baby brother. Um, and I love, too, how the music from that scene matches when the curse broke in A Land Without Magic, the finale from season one. I love how the right. music, it's exactly the same music. I loved it. I thought mm-hmm. it was great. Um, Hook shows up. And also, too, I love how happy Emma looks when she's in the doorway. Like, that's such a genuine smile from her. Like, it's, it, that's probably why Hook commented on it when he walked up to her. 
So he walks up to her and talks about her smile, and he thanks her for saving his life. Oh, you know what? Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll t- I forgot to say something about the scene with the water crap. Okay, so he thanks Emma for saving his life, and then he asks, and this is the part that confused me, and this is this part I was talking about earlier that made me question something about Emma. Hook asked Emma if her magic has returned now that Zelina has been defeated, and Emma says no. And he says that he's sorry to hear that, but she says that it's okay because she won't need it in New York, clearly making up her mind that she's just going to go back to New York. And she takes Henry in to meet his uncle. Now, here's the thing, and I don't want to assume this about my girl because Emma is my girl, but is she telling the truth or is she just saying that to make it easier on herself to leave? You know what I mean? Like, Mm Because, because here's what it is. Her whole thing of, no, we're going, we're going to leave and we're going to go back to New York, it directly parallels what happens in season one when uh, in, the, uh, in the, the episode, oh, God, um, The Stranger, I think it is, whichever one where August is in the woods with Emma and he's showing her, you know, trying to convince her of magic, right? And she's like, no, and then she goes and gets Henry and she tries to get, you know, take him to leave Storybook, right? Remember? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I it is. Agree. That's exactly what it mirrors. That is exactly what that mirrors. Um, Rose is making a good point. She doesn't know where Emma doesn't know where home is yet. She's using her brain and not her heart. She has a wall around her heart right now. I I agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm wondering if Emma does have magic and just doesn't and doesn't want to acknowledge that to make it easier to leave, or maybe she doesn't have magic and there is something more to come from that and why and maybe the road to her getting it back will, you know, be a major plot or something. Um, I don't know. But I actually would lean more towards the fact that she does have her magic and just isn't telling the truth. And I don't know why that is. But I, that's just how I feel. I don't know. Maybe because of the parallel thing, but I might just be wrong about that. I don't know. So then, um, then we get the scene where we're in the jail and we're in the jail cell and Zelina says, Rumple, I was, or Regina, I wasn't expecting you back so soon. And, and it's, it's not Regina. It's Rumpelkilpkin. <laughs> I love this scene so hard. I thought it was fantastic. We got old sneaky conniving deal making Rumple back. And I love that. Oh my gosh. I love him. Love him making deals. Love him being conniving magic imp that he is. Ah, love this scene so much. I liked it. I liked it too. And my favorite thing about it actually was uh, Zelina's reaction because at first, you know, Rumpel tells Zelina that Belle, you know, that he gave her the dagger and or that Regina gave it to Belle, and Zelina kind of mocks that, and then. Yeah. <laughs> And then he says that Belle actually has a fake dagger and that he has the real one. And then he shows it to Zelina and she actually jumps and, like, gets up. Yes. She about jumped out of her skin. It was so good because she went in, like, 0.5 seconds from being such a smug witch to being absolutely terrified. I loved it. Rebecca was so good in that scene. Oh, my gosh. Both of them. Robert Carlyle. And Rebecca Matter. Oh, love, 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 love. I know my Rumbellers are probably hating me right now because they were so happy with the Rumble Redeemed thing, but I just love the, the twist that this scene. I thought it was fantastic. Me too. 
Um, there was, there was, oh, it was so good because, like, the way that he just, like, disappeared and then popped in front of her like that, I was kind of, like, I was actually jarred a little bit. Like, it, it actually surprised me, and I liked it. So, um, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, and then, of course, he's, he tells her that, <laughs> that he promised his son that his death would be avenged. And then he says, and Rumpelstiltskin never breaks a deal. And he stabs her with the dagger, and she turns into the, like, ceramic porcelain version of herself, just like Henry did in season two when Rumpelstiltskin had that dream about, like, turning, you know, on Henry's birthday about turning into the same same thing there. Turns her into ceramics, and she collapses like a broken china doll. I was, like, squealing with, with, I, I hated to see Rebecca Matter go, but the turn that Rumpel's character made, and when he said that line about not breaking deals, I was literally squealing. I was like, "Yeah, it's so good." <laughs> TV Line just put out a new article today. Hashtag just saying. So yeah, um, that yeah, she died. The Wicked Witch, and you know what I was sad about? I was here's what I was sad about. I wish that after Rumpel had stabbed her and she had collapsed down into ceramics and turned into dust or whatever, I wish uh-huh. that they had sh- like that they had included Rumpel saying like "ding dong" and then walking away. Oh, that would have been hilarious! <laughs> oh my gosh, the whole "ding dong" the witch is dead. Maybe they'll be singing yeah, it next like- week. Right, and plus, since he said ding-dong to her during her magic lesson with him, remember that, when she was trying to find him yes. with the blindfold, like ding-dong, it would have mm-hmm. played back to that, too. So it would have, like, it would have made it, like, a full, full circle thing. So, anyways, kind of sad, kind of sad that that didn't happen, but, hey, I don't write the show. So, um, then, but see, here's the interesting thing about that, is that after Zelina died, suddenly her, her pendant that's locked away in one of Regina's trunks down in her vault turns into green smoke, travels from Regina's vault back to the farmhouse, goes into the barn, goes into where the, like the center of the circle thing and opens the time portal. And this plays into something that happened in the flashback storyline. And that'll be our segue into doing that. And it honestly does not make sense to me. And I am very confused about something in this episode, to be honest. And so we'll discuss it. So in the flashback of the episode, we start out with Zelina watching Regina try to conjure fire in her hand. And she says that it's not that hard. And she, you know, conjures fire in her own hand. And then she's interrupted by Glinda, who offers to take her to meet the other witches of Oz. And she also tells Alina that she cannot go back in time and change her destiny. Mm. Meanwhile, later on, the next time we see them, uh, yeah, Glinda takes Zelina to the heart of Oz, and they meet the other, the witches, the witch of the east and the witch of the south, or the witch of the north, excuse me. And Glinda says that they represent, you know, the three essential, you know, pieces of magic, love, courage, and wisdom. And then mm-hmm. Zelina asks what the, what the West represents, and, she, and Glenn says the most elusive element of all, which is innocence. Um, and then she tells uh, Zelina about the, or, yeah, Glenda is the keeper of the Book of Records of Oz, which chronicles the past, present, and future of Oz, and that's where she tells Zelina 
that she is part of a prophecy uh, and that she was, um, you know, a great sorceress would arrive here by cyclone and, you know, she would take they'd the be spot. And they would, yeah, and they would defeat a very powerful evil, like the most powerful evil that there was. Okay, cool. So since Zelina arrived by Cyclone, they think that it's her, and, you know, that's why they're offering her the whole sisterhood thing. Um, right. Now, here's, here's the thing that I think is interesting, too, about the book. The book. Suddenly, there's another book chronicling the past, present, and future of one of the lands. My gosh, that sure sounds just like Henry's storybook, doesn't it? Convenient. <laughs> Very convenient. So I'm obviously wondering now whether or not there's a connection there and whether or not, you know, those books are, quote, unquote, related, if books can be related. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really curious about that to wonder if they are, if they are, uh, you know, somehow written by the same person. If Yen said the sorcerer was busy, you know, conjuring up a, a history book for every land or whatever. So, yeah. Um, Zelina returns to the Emerald City and lets go of her envy. She's watching Regina with magic and then she lets go of her envy. And Glinda shows up and gives her the magical pendant, which will focus all of her powers and make her more powerful than she, you know, ever could be before. And that's the significance of the necklace. And I called it in early in the season and stoked that I did so because I knew there was something to that necklace. You don't just put something like that on a person and not have it have some meaning. I keep showing it over and over. I'm just telling you. So then later on, Zelina and Glenda are looking at the West, like they're in Oz and they're looking out towards the West, talking about the unlimited potential. And a cyclone appears. Now, let me just say, Oz clearly needs the Weather Channel because they are getting so many of these darn magical cyclones blowing through that you know it's a problem. Like, it's a problem. So I'm just saying. And Sarah, I saw your question in the chat room. I have never seen Wicked. Um, I don't actually know anything about it. So, um, I, and that's probably horrible of me considering I'm a huge Wizard of Oz fan. But yeah, that's just the truth. I've never seen Wicked at all. Um, so Zelina. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're looking, and then the cyclone appears, and Glinda and Selena, you know, they are in the woods, and they find a house, and there's a girl inside, and her name is Dorothy. And finally, we get Dorothy. Amy, take it from here. I know you're dying to. I love, love, love. My, of everything that happened in this episode, I love the Oz things. I love Dorothy. I was worried that I wouldn't. I thought, you know, they'd have to be really careful not to get an actress in there who was going to overplay the, you know, oh, golly gee, innocence of, of Dorothy, and they didn't. It was fantastic. I love, love, love the girl that got to play Dorothy, and I'm going to totally destroy her name. Um, gosh, I wrote it down, and it's so hard to pronounce that she – is amazing. Okay, I'm probably going to completely mess this up, but her name is Matreya Garwiner. But anyway, she was fantastic. Now, we talked a little bit about the witches. I have been waiting for the four witches and the Sisterhood of the Witches since we found out we were going to Oz. I absolutely love that that table they sat at mirrored the circle and cross that Selena had rumple draw for the spell, and that the witches represented wisdom, courage, love, 
and then they needed innocence, which is exactly the ingredients that Zelina was getting. She got a heart, which symbolizes love. She got Rumpel's brains, which symbolized the wisdom. And then, of course, she had Charming's courage, which was the bravery. So the ingredients she needed was the four things that the four witches made up. I loved the book in this story. I loved the fact that it Sunny Mabry, who plays Glinda, kept saying that the future is never written. Even though it's in the book, it might not be what you think it is. And I loved that Zelina could have been this good force and the innocence, and she could have been that fourth witch. It was her own doing, <clears throat> similar to the way that Rumpel kind of created his own fate by what he did. Zelina created her own future and fate by the decisions that she made. And I, I love that, the way that they keep playing into this, you know, here's the fate, but it's not necessarily always exactly what you think it is. So I loved it. I love the Oz part. I talked to you guys before, and I've posted pictures on Twitter, too, about my Oz garden that we're building, and now we're building a Wonderland extension onto it. So we'll post some more pictures, but... Oh, my God. I love the Oz. I loved all of the Oz in this episode, and I thought it was fantastic. So that's my long rant on how much I love Oz. So Zach? No, no, no. It's totally fine. I know you've been, want, you've been waiting for Dorothy, and you've been wanting to talk about it, so I wanted to let you, you know, have your moment to let us know what you think. I, I was very curious to know what you, you know, your full opinion. I know you had already told me that you loved it, but I was really interested to know your, your opinion. So. All right. Um, for me, um, hmm. I'll get to mine in just a second after we're done talking about the, when we get to the end and we're done talking about the whole thing, I'll let you know how I feel about some stuff because I, I kind of have a gripe that I want to make. Yeah, I'm great. So, um, so, uh, Zelina, later on, she's watching Dorothy sitting in her chair at the table with the other witches and she's getting jealous again. And then later on, um, you know, she's at the well and Glinda shows up, and the two of them talk about how Zelina is jealous of Dorothy. And Glinda warns that if she believes that she will become evil, then she will, because her, you know, her belief is what's going to do it. So, yeah. Then later on, Zelina confronts Dorothy at the well, and she's green again, totally envious. She says she's decided to stop hiding her true colors. And, you know, Dorothy says she doesn't recognize her, and then Zelina goes to throw a fireball at her, which I was like, oh, you're just like your sister. You're throwing fireballs at people. Okay, cool. And uh, and Dorothy throws water at Zelina, and it puts out the fireball, and Zelina melts. Like, uh-huh. just melts. So then Glenda shows up and says that Dorothy has fulfilled the prophecy, and Dorothy says that she just wants to go home, and Glenda says that, and this is the thing. Okay, Glinda says that she does not have the power to cross realms and that only the wizard has that. And she's going to take Dorothy to the Wizard of Oz. And then right after they leave down the yellow brick road, Zelina reappears in smoke and is just kind of looking at him. Okay. So then later, Glinda and Dorothy arrive at the wizard's chamber and the wizard gives Dorothy the silver slippers and she uses them to get home. And real kind of simple, that was the end of Dorothy's story. The wizard, meanwhile, is revealed to be Zelina, and she says that she is going to go back in time and change the past. 
and Glenda says that she will find a way to stop Zelina one way or another. But then Zelina uses her powers to send Glinda to the Enchanted Forest. What hmm. the hell? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Seriously. Seriously? Seriously? Like, we have been going through this whole song and dance of how Rumpel had to do the dark curse, and then there was magic beans, and then there was mermaids, and then and that was supposed to be a rabbit. process. And now, or the rabbit. And now Zelina, because she's just so powerful and has a pendant, she can now send people to another realm. Why couldn't Glinda have done that? I don't understand. They ha- Like, isn't her pendant focusing it too? Like, it had to be some kind of dark magic thing? I don't understand. I am so confused. Like, the whole basis <laughs> of the show is that you came across realms, and, and Zelina just did it. Because here's my thing, right? Here's my thing. Why didn't she just do that before? Like, I, the pendant is what did it? I don't understand. And plus, the other thing, too, right, is that it didn't they say in season two that the slippers can only take you to a land with magic and they can't take you to a land without magic? Hmm. So Perhaps how did the they slippers... read the wrong instruction manual. <laughs> I guess so. Maybe they read the Mr. Fashion's warranty instead. I don't know. But it's just... Angie's saying our world is hard to get to. It's a land without magic. Well, that may be true, but Dorothy still used the shoes to get here, like, to go home, unless she lives in a land of story, and that the lands of story all have some kind of magic so you can all travel between them. And ours is the only one where that doesn't happen. Maybe that's it. Did I just invent a law of magic? Yeah, I'll take credit for it. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, Rosa saying maybe touch an option to Kansas. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, that's what had to have happened. And then right after that, Zelina's necklace turns green, and that was the end of the flashback. Okay, here's my gripe. Here's my gripe. Here we go. (laughs) And people in the chat room, let me know how you feel about this. There was not enough Oz. No, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. They, here's what I feel. I understand that in Neverland there was a lot of present day stuff that was going on and the flashback stuff, you know, we didn't really get to see, you know, Peter Pan and Hook, any kind of battle on the Jolly Roger, I feel like that was a lost opportunity for the Neverland storyline. This is what I feel the lost opportunity was for the Oz storyline in that they didn't show it. They never showed it at all, really. Like, we saw just outside the Emerald City, like, you know, like, down the yellow brick road where it's like off in the distance and we saw the wizard's chamber and that was it. What I feel that they should have done was they should have broken up the story more, particularly with Zelina and the other witches and Dorothy. Yes. I feel that they should have put more story in there and broken it up over more episodes of the season. Instead of just focusing the Oz stuff purely on, you know, two episodes, I feel that if there had been more Oz throughout that, uh-huh. and if it had related more to what was happening in the present day stuff about how, you know, Zelina's, because Zelina's whole envy of Dorothy could have mirrored her envy of Regina having everything. And so, and they could have somehow built in something to where Regina, like maybe somehow 
Regina had a dress or something, or Zelina could have seen something of Regina's that reminded her of Dorothy, and that's why she, like, went off. Like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? She somehow was, like, projecting her hatred of both, like, into one person. I don't know if that makes sense, but... No, um, it totally makes sense, and I actually agree with your gripe, because I did love the Oz, and that was one thing with this episode. I felt like the Oz stuff was so great, and it had such potential to be really, really interesting and to get to see some of that background, especially, like you said, with Selena, because through this whole season, the writers have been teasing that, you know, when you get to know Zelina, when you get to know her past, you're really going to sympathize with her and you're going to see she's not just wicked and she's not, you know, she has reasons and motivations. I don't feel like we saw enough of that. I felt like we saw a little bit here and there that, yeah, she probably had a harsh childhood, but not nearly enough because to me, in my mind, she's just like a mega envious this. <laughs> you know, I don't have that that super sympathy for her like I had for other villains before. She really, I mean, I know she had a hard life, but she really was, you know, she had some major character flaws. And I feel like if we had seen more of her past and more of the Oz story, more of her growing up and some more hardships, I feel like that really could have made Selena even a stronger character. Like she really would have had the sympathy of the fans. And then it would be a really tough call to watch, you know, two women that you absolutely you know, want to love and root for because that, I think, would have made this whole final battle even stronger if we had had, you know, everybody loves Regina, I just don't feel – I love Zelina, but I don't feel like she had enough backstory to build her up to be the character that they were hoping she would be as far as having the audience sympathy. I felt like she was really great and wicked, but she never really had my sympathy as far as rooting for the two of them when they went head-to-head. Do you know what I mean? Does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you're making sense. I actually would have taken a different. I mean, if it were me, and I'm and I'm playing kind of armchair writer's room now, okay, just kind of writing from what I would have, from my point of view, what I would have done is I would have had some somehow it would have worked out to where Zelina would have been green from birth, not necessarily an envy thing. She would have been green from birth, and she would have had a really hard life in Oz, and people would have teased her for being green. And they would have, like, thrown water on her all the time to try and, you know, help her to wash it off. And I've mentioned that before to you, kind of like a scene almost like Carrie, where they could have done something like that, where everyone is just, like, mocking her in a corner, and she's being picked on, and water is being thrown on her, because then they're saying that that's how they'll get rid of her green skin and stuff, right? Like, they could have really Mm -hmm. made her a really tragic, sad, you know, character, almost like an orphan, like little orphan Zelina. You know what I mean? That was, I think that's what I was expecting to see. I was expecting to see this girl who had grown up without her mother, you know, without any parents, who had really struggled to get by and had been really poor and, you know, made fun of and mocked and stuff, but, you know, trying to get her comeuppance by or trying to get what she feels she deserves by doing all of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, somehow that's what I was expecting to have happened and that's how I would have done it because then Mm. you would have understood more and you would have had that sympathy for her that you're talking about right now. Um, right, right. 
that's that's just that's personally what I would have done with the character because I think that that would have been a little bit more interesting. I also my other gripe about the season is that you shouldn't have a villain who's really powerful make threats that they don't act on. Um, mm. I find it I found it just ridiculous that instead of like that when Zelina's identity was revealed, she wasn't like immediately blowing stuff up or terrorize people, or, you know what I mean? Like, just generally being wicked, like flying around on her broomstick and cackling or something. Like, where was the flying around <laughs> on the broomstick and cackling? Like, where was it? Where did it go? I wanted to see it. Um, you know, yeah, there was just a couple of things that I think that they just kind of, that they left out that I wish they hadn't. Right. Now, I do understand. Oh, hold on, Amy. Your voice is fading out. Where are you? Hello. Hello. Oh, there you are. Okay. Got me? Okay. I just wanted to say that I know that a great deal of extra development was cut, not necessarily cut, but couldn't be done because of time constraints. And especially after talking to Richard Haddam on the show who wrote some of Wonderland and he was the executive, he really explained how fast the whole writing production machine kind of rolls forward. So, I mean, I, I do, I love this whole season. This is probably, you know, this is right up there. I'm not sure if this season or season one is my favorite because I feel like this whole season has been really strong. So when I, you know, I feel like, when I mention, you know, things that I would have done differently or whatever, I don't want our listeners to think that that's a knock on the writing because I feel like the writing has been fantastic and strong this season. These are just things I would have loved to see more of. But having yeah, said that, I totally understand where time constraints on a one-hour weekly show, you know, just can't allot for all of these things. So, unfortunately. Yeah, especially, I, yeah, I understand that, too, yeah. especially because – the effects alone the, between the budgeting and the scheduling, I understand that there are a lot of constraints on it that way. There's only so much that we can expect, um, you know, because, I mean, there's only so much that they can do. They have a limited amount of time as, you know, as the weeks and months go by. They have a limited of time to get each, you know, episode produced and get everything done. So um, I do understand. And I don't want anyone to think that, I mean, I'm not bashing anything that happened either. Um, it's just, I mean, I am griping about it, but it's it's just a small little thing, you know. It's not like a major deal. Um, they're, they're just, you know, that's just how I feel. But I do think that, you know, I agree that this season is um, it's pretty strong. Uh, I think that overall season one may still be my favorite season, but I honestly need to get the season three DVD and do a complete season rewatch to know because at this point now, it's been so long since Henry got kidnapped to Neverland and Lost Girl happened and Regina said, you know, rainbow kisses and unicorn stickers. Like, it's been oh, a month. Like, and it's really weird to think back to how far ago, or far ago, how long ago that was, how far back that was. But, yeah, it's just kind of weird. Um, so then that's, that was how the episode ended, though, as far as the flashback goes. And then in the present-day stuff, yeah, the, it ended with the time portal being opened. And then we saw the promo for next week's season finale. Let's oh. it. It's time. Yes. So you guys all saw the promo, right, in the chat room? Every, okay, I'm seeing a lot of oh, my God, and yes. So <laughs> I'm assuming that means everybody watched the promo at the end of the episode this week. 
craziness. Yeah, um, lots of craziness. It is very apparent. And um, if you haven't seen the promo or, you know, you don't want to know what we have established as facts of what's going to happen, then you have your five-second spoiler alert warning right now. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, there we go. So it is pretty much for sure guaranteed that Emma and Hook are falling through the time portal in Zelina's barn and going into the enchanted forest of the past. Um, mm-hmm. From what I can tell, looking frame by frame, it looks like, and I think that this is why Snow Drifts is the name of the first, you know, half of the, of the two hours. I think that's why it's the name of that episode. They're arriving right about at the same time as Snow Falls, like on the timeline. So yes. it's just slightly alternate. It's very back to the future. Mm-hmm. I yes, think they and I, uh, Yeah, so that's pretty much what's going to happen. There were some images in this that I loved. I love Emma with her long blonde hair down and wearing an enchanted forest, you know, cloak, basically, walking around with mm-hmm. her. I love that. Um, there were many scenes. There was a scene of Emma in that quote talking to Rumpelstiltskin. And I yeah. actually, and the, and the very first scene in that promo, you see Emma and Hook are standing kind of like in front of a tree that's on the ground, which may or may not be the tree from, you know, Snowfalls, the one that Snow cut down to. Uh, oh, yeah, know, yeah. Of, yeah, it the may be the same carrot. tree. It may not be. I don't know. But. Judging from the fact that Emma is wearing the same cloak then that she was when she's talking to Rumpel, I'm wondering if Emma talks to Rumpel, like if the like if the scene, the shot where you see Emma and Hook together, if that happens right before the, the clip we see of Rumpel and Emma like together. Um, I really love that. And here's the other thing that I think is really interesting too. Uh, yeah, Sarah saying Rumpel asked Emma, "What did you do?" Here's what I love about this scene. This is going to be the first time ever that Emma sees Rumpelstiltskin as, like, the dark one, scaly, creepy-looking Rumpelstiltskin. I cannot wait to see her reaction. I can't wait to see her reaction. I can't wait. Me too. I'm so excited to be back in fairytale land and to be, you know, in the Enchanted Forest and in the past. I always love the flashbacks. I think it's fantastic that we're going to see Emma and Hook in, you know, flashbacks, but it looks like they still have all their total memories about them. So I just, you know, I have a feeling what it looks like is that somehow one of the two of them, either Emma or Hook, is going to screw up the timeline. That's what it looks like to me, like maybe screw up uh, Snow and Charming falling in love. We talked about that before the podcast, like like in Marty, you know, where Marty McFly gets hit by the car and back to the future instead of his dad. So... I I don't know. I hope uh, I, I can't even imagine the trouble they're going to get into. But at least we have two hours, so I'm hoping that they can resolve it. And then, of course, we have to figure out where it is because they keep teasing where are we going, or we'll find out where we're going at the end of the second episode next week. I am very curious about the whole thing. Um, one of the other shots that I absolutely loved, and this is the one that I called that I actually said should happen when we watched The Tower, the thing I was speaking about earlier. Emma Uh and Hook go to a ball, 
Um, it looks to be a wedding because uh, it just looks to be a wedding perhaps, but they go to a ball, and Emma is wearing a bright red princess dress. Yep. Finally, I said that when we were watching The Tower, I said that when Emma wears a princessy dress, it, like for real, that it should be red, and it was. Emma, the swan princess, who always wears red because she is the most powerful person that there is because true love is the most powerful magic of all, and she is true love incarnate. She is wearing a bright red dress, as she should be, and her hair is looking up and adorable. Her makeup looks good. She looks so cute. Uh, and, made my little and, and Hook, Hook finally gets a change of clothes. Hallelujah. Poor Hook. He's been wearing that same outfit for so long, and now he finally gets a change of clothes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad about that, too. I wish... Well, yeah, he he does have a change of clothes, which is nice. And at one point in the promo, Hook punches himself. <laughs> Sweet. Like, I was kind of confused by that. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, okay. But, yeah, um, there's a lot of comments going on in the chat room about this, and I want to make sure that I acknowledge it. A lot of people are thinking that Emma is going to be going to her parents' wedding, and I am not convinced that that's the case because we know for a fact that Anastasia Griffiths is going to be back as Abigail. And right. um, and that's just not the case. And there are also, you know, ABC has released some publicity pictures for the next episode where you see, uh, there, spoiler alert, everybody, this is a real spoiler alert, so if, if you don't want to know what's about to happen, seriously, like, jump ahead a little bit in the podcast. Um, th- we also see that Emma and Hook are greeting King Midas, who mm-hmm. I was not expecting. So I find that to be very interesting, too. And, of course, um, ABC also put out the press release for next week. And normally I don't go over those on the podcast, but I'm going to this time because it's the finale and because it's already pretty clear just from the promo what's going to happen that the, the actual um, the press release itself is not really, like, a huge spoiler. Um, at least I don't consider it to be a huge spoiler. So I'm going to read that here in just a second. But, um, Amy, what are you thinking about um, time, like, what? well, actually, let me ask you this. What do you think of my girl, Emma Swan, in the red dress? I love the red dress, and as soon as I saw it, I thought of you, because I was thinking, oh, Zach's been calling that since as long as he's been a part of the Once Upon a Fan staff. So I absolutely love it. I've, we've been talking about the journey for Emma to get to her dress, which I've been waiting for. So I'm very excited about that. I'm curious, though, do you think that this promo was specifically only scenes from Snowdrift, or do you think that it was a compilation of scenes from Snowdrift and also from There's No Place Like Home? I think think that it could all – I think that if any part of it is from There's No Place Like Home, then it's the the part with the ball, um, with the dress. Um, Uh But otherwise, I, I think that it's all from Snowdrifts. And honestly, I want it all to be from Snowdrifts. I don't want to have one iota clue about what's going to happen in the last hour of the finale. I really, really don't. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in it. And so I'm going to – I have the press release in front of me now, so I'm going to read it. So here we go. It says, while Mary Margaret and David – and that is not their name – let me let me let me restart this. While Snow White and Prince Charming celebrate the naming of their son at a coronation in Granny's Diner, Emma and Hook are pulled into Zelina's time portal, 
and find themselves in the enchanted forest of the past. But in their quest to discover a way back, they must be careful not to change anything or risk altering the lives of their friends and family as well as their very own existence on the two-hour season finale of Once Upon a Time, which airs Sunday, May 11th from 8 o'clock to 10.01 p.m. Eastern Time. So you know what that means, everybody. ABC is telling you 10.01 to set your DVRs a minute ahead because it's going to last longer than just 10 o'clock. So I'm going to let everybody make sure that we say this on the podcast now. If you are recording the show, record it so that it tapes over a couple of minutes after 10 o'clock because you do not want to be sitting there watching the last few seconds of the finale and then all of a sudden it pauses right before the credits. You really don't want that to happen because it's not a very fun situation to be in when you're watching your show and it's just done. So, um, yeah, so then there's that. We've got about two minutes left on the podcast. You did wrap it up a little bit early this week, but I was kind of hoping that we would. Um, next week, uh, because it's going to be the finale show, we have a two-hour finale um, podcast. So make sure everybody, we want to make sure that you're all aware, next week's podcast is two hours from five to seven. We'll be discussing all of the ins and outs of the last two episodes of Once Upon a Time for Season 3. Wow. And... Uh, yeah. We'll also be announcing um, our our uh, summer hiatus uh, hi- the rewatch for all the episodes that we're going to do. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll do our normal reminders of the summertime uh, conventions that we have going on. We'll also have one of our um, one of our first lists, I think, maybe if we can uh, get one of them assembled in time. Uh, and if not, then we'll just go in Zelina's portal and we'll go back in time until we've got enough time. So um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Um, now here's what I'm wondering though. I'm wondering if they'll, if when the season ends, will Emma and Hook still be in the past, or will they have altered something, or will they have altered something and fixed it and then come home only for something else to happen? Um, I don't know because apparently there is a hint in the finale about where we're going next, or maybe when we're going next. So I don't know, but it's going to be interesting to see. I really hope that if they do, if they end up in the past, I want Emma to go to her parents' wedding. All right, we've got 10 seconds left. That's pretty much it for the podcast, everybody. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. All right, good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.